Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Today, I'm joined by two fantastic and Absolutely talented people. Today I'm joined by John Sample and Jack Roth, the director and producer of the new documentary Extraordinary The Revelations. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Cade. Appreciate yeah, having us on. Thank you. It's fantastic to have you guys on. I always get really, really excited when I get to talk to documentary makers and producers because it is a field that I am so interested in because you kind of it's very much like my podcast where you, you can kind of peel back the, the layers of the onion to, to all these really unique and I guess stories that don't get told in, in the general public, but you get to do it in a video format, which really just adds this extra layer of, I guess, a way to connect to, to the story. And this film is one of the most layered onions I've ever, I've ever watched in a, in a long time because Going into this documentary, I've seen John's previous work before, and it is fantastic. But this this documentary really takes it to another level because I guess the the way you go into this, it's a different type of storytelling. So, John, what was the the reason you took this kind of different approach from your previous docos to this one? Because you kind of tell three stories in one with this one. Yeah, we we this is a continuation and a, a loosely based continuation of the first two extraordinary films. So the first film takes us from lights in the sky to abduction, to uh, hybridization programs, to hybrid children. The The second film kind of 
picked up the torch and focused more on the hybridization program in detail and specifically how it, women were impacted uh, through unexplained pregnancies and then eventually being shown their children on craft uh, or even on, on Earth. So the, uh, the, the, the next step we felt was to kind of wrap it all together and, and take you from the beginning of, of what could be experiences and sightings. So there's the, the film is broken down into three acts. And the first act is primarily the history. The second act is the three paradigm belief paradigms that we explore. And we'll get into that, I guess, a little bit further on. And then the, the government and uh, military involvement. So I think, you know, the reason why we went here is our, our approach has always been to try to reach the widest audience possible. And this is the one that kind of fills in the blanks, because if you saw the first two, you might be like, uh, OK, geez, they're going, you know, a little bit down a rabbit hole that I haven't been down before. But I think we kind of bring it all together with proof of history and, and, and indications that there, this has been happening for quite a long time. And then we move through uh, these different paradigms of belief. And then, I mean, the, the, the rubber hits the road in the, the military government involvement and specifically three whistleblowers who tell their stories of being connected to the ET program in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it is really, really good storytelling. And the the thing that I really take from this is that this is the type of documentary that you will most likely watch multiple times because each of these three different acts in this documentary, uh, they, they're perfect for the, the people who are potentially just getting into this field of what's, what is about the UFOs? What is it about hybridization? What is it about the military? And this documentary really does hit on those three points really, really well. It does. And, and that, again, it was it was part of our, you know, we kind of had this overall story that we wanted to tell and we knew that we were going to do a trilogy. So, you know, as John said, it really started with one man's story and then, uh, you know, went further and further. Our, our goal was to kind of bring people along little by little. So we didn't jump right into the very complex. You know, we just wanted to start with a man seeing lights in the sky. You know, and this would be an experience that a lot of people have had, you know, and that might be all they had, but they had that one experience. So that they're at that point in, in the, in the phenomenon, as far as the phenomenon is concerned. So, uh, we wanted to lead viewers, you know, we wanted to, uh, and, and in the third one, really bring it home, like John said, because you have, it's really why that's where we really started in the third film talk about why and ask the question well why is this happening what are the possible end games you know and 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 what does the military know about this so you know it, it's a question of um you know i i regardless of how you might feel about a particular paradigm or a particular end game or why they're doing this. It's all there for you to see. It's all there for you to learn about. And then you can take that information and learn more on your own, you know, and there are a lot of questions, you know, you, people have questions as they're watching it. Uh, and like that one guy was taking notes because perhaps, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to get a book about this or I'm going to buy a book by, uh, I'm going to buy Dr. Jacob's book or I'm going to buy Mary Rodwell's book. So it, that was the intent. The intent was to get people kind of stirred and moving. Uh, and, and by doing, by doing it by, by good storytelling, 
by using a good, you know, really good storytelling and compelling storytelling. I think you guys have done a fantastic job of that because you kick off with the the history aspect of these these phenomenon, and it kind of leads directly into the hybridization that potentially has been going on for. Uh, I guess millennia, if you if you really think of it, because you you go all the way back to indigenous history here in Australia, which is you know potentially a hundred thousand years old, um, and you touch on some really fantastic points there. What was the the process to tell that story in the in a way that you thought was not not potentially butchering that type of history? Well, it started with uh, I think the simplest. Uh, conversations that we were having before we even uh, got the full storyline down was uh, some sort of a storytelling device that takes us from the beginning of time. So the the opening credits start with the Big Bang. And by the time we get to the end of the movie, um, you know, I'll give you a little uh, hint to something to listen to when you're watching the film is there's a ticking sound and you it's the ticking of time. So it, it appears throughout the film. And you hear it very much so in the beginning, you hear it very much so in the end, and then it stops. So it's asking the question, this clock has been ticking for a very long time. How much do we know? How little do we know? And what what do we need to do to learn more? So it's a journey through time. And really what, what our intention was when we started that was how far back can we go in history to see uh, cave paintings that could very well be depicting either craft or beings from another dimension. And that's kind of where we landed on the Wangina in Australia dating back, you know, I think the cave paintings that we depict in the film go back 40,000 years. So that's kind of like the beginning. We go from the big bang in the credits and we pick up when the story starts to be told at, at, at the Wangina in Australia and then take it forward uh, from there. And by the time we get to the end of the film, you know, we ask a question, you know, what if this is all true? And we're at that point in present present time. Where are we on the timeline of awareness and disclosure? I think it's a fantastic starting point for for people who maybe not who may be not fully integrated into this, into the lifestyle that I would say, you know, you and I are. Um, but you have people like Mary Rodwell who are in this documentary, who's, you know, very well known here in Australia for uh, helping experiences to to remember the, the events that they had. And the, the thing in, that I noticed early on in the documentary is that hybridization is a very, very large topic within it. Um, what was the the story that you're looking to tell with the the hybridization and the and the regression therapy there is that to to kind of allude to the fact that this is actually happening more often than people think well yeah so you know with these types of experiences that people have a lot of times they have repressed me- memories of it so whatever's happening during these abduction experience experiences during the hybridization experiences, uh, they, their memories are being repressed. So they're not remembering maybe any, uh, anything at all, or maybe very little. So when someone like Mary Rodwell, uh, or even Dr. David Jacobs, they take people, they regress them. So as to bring out these repressed memories that are deep inside the subconscious, uh, this is just part of the phenomena. 
So when we're trying to get information from people, uh, this is one of the methods that are used that's used to try to get that information from them. Uh, and, and really what it is, it's, it's what's amazing about both Mary Rodwell and Dr. David Jacobs is that the amount of people that they've worked with, it's just thousands and thousands. And so they've been able to take a very, very large sample size and, and, and get data from that. Uh, that's very compelling. Uh, now what's interesting is that it, depending on where you're coming from, I guess, and what you're getting out of people and what you're, what you're, the specific area you're trying to say, okay, what does this mean to you? I think in Mary's case, she sees a lot of people that are, it's coming to terms with the phenomena and uh, getting past that stage of fear and the unknown and making it something that's a positive experience from something that starts out as a very scary negative experience and, and getting to the point where that's positive experience. And that's what we did in the film. That was all part of the what we call the ascension paradigm. And on the other hand, Dr. Jacobs, who also does regressions, he was in the uh, colonization paradigm because through his when he talks to people, he's getting that gut reaction of this happened to me and it was a horrible thing. So depending on who you ask and who you talk to, uh, as far as the individual people are concerned, it depends where they are in the process, I think, uh, because that's that it's it's a it's a. It's a journey and it's a step by step process of these memories coming forward and going through different stages of, I say, starting with trauma and moving out of that and into acceptance and and, and making it something that's a positive in your life. Yeah, something that I notice massively when uh, Dr. David Jacobs was talking is that I don't want to ruin this part of the, your, your documentary, but he kind of made this this really big bombshell claim about um, an outcome that he has with a, a, a probably a larger portion size of the people that he is doing regression therapy with um, in terms of uh, a, a potential hybridization takeover, which, you know, th- things like that really make you think. And it's kind of almost worrying to the sense because this may not be a, a takeover of just our world. Maybe this has been gone going on for for the, the lifetime of the universe. And, you know, we're just the next in line for a potential galactic takeover. Things like that. Those are those are really paradigm-shaking statements. What was the, I guess, the the thought process on, on your side of things when that comes out? Because not a lot of people have that sense of greater world thinking. What we wanted to do with those three paradigms, and the three paradigms, again, were colonization with Dr. David Jacobs, uh, ascension with Mary Rodwell, and the biblical narrative with Timothy Alberino and L.A. Marzulli. And what we were trying to do with that segment of the film, it's the middle of the film. It's about 40, 45 minutes long. And the emphasis in this is that while all three paradigms believe in the existence of Uh, lights in the sky they believe in sentient beings navigating them they believe in the abduction phenomena they believe in hybridization programs and they believe in hybrid beings but they all have a completely different outcome so how is it that we have three very different belief structures although we all believe in the same thing and i think what we're what we're trying to do in that discussion is to help people understand that 
regardless of what you believe in, it it could still mean that the existence of extraterrestrials is they're here. It, it, it could still be regardless of what you think. What we don't know, and nobody in those three groups can say for sure what which one is correct, or is it a combination of the three, or is it something completely different? And I think where we come from with this is posing the questions, what if this is all true? So we want people to kind of listen to these different takes, find one that resonates with them, and have them go on their own personal journey of discovery to find out more. And through that journey of discovery, you might find out uh, that there's something that really resonates with you and triggers something that may have happened to you. So as with Dr. Jacobs and the colonization, as negative as that outcome may be, he has done regressions. I think it's over 3,500 different regressions where he is corroborating storytelling from people who, who have never met each other before, but are saying the same things. So his, his research has been, I keep talking to the same people over and over, as opposed to, you know, always talking with somebody once, because it's the second or third or fourth or fifth or seventh interview in regression that you do, where you uncover the most important information. So, and he also does it for free. So he has no agenda. He's just trying to do research, document it, and make it uh, available for any and all to see. And one of the things that I found most interesting about him when Jack and I first spoke to him about four years ago, uh, he said to us that, you know, we were talking about evidence and how the community wants evidence and they want more uh, tangible things that they can talk about. And his response was very defensive. And he said, what more evidence, and Mary Broadwell said the same thing on the Ascension side, what more evidence do you need than pe- people saying the same thing over and over and over, corroborating stories over and over and over? He's, both of them have said, that's evidence. We need to treat that as evidence. Now, the big question is, which one's right? We don't know. I don't think any of us can say that we know, but it's something that I think is worthy of bringing together so that people can start to see that just because you have a difference of opinion and what the outcome is, we can all agree that what is happening is indeed happening. And that's something I did notice throughout this documentary is that, you know, you do have a lot of these views that, you know, may not be complementary to each other, but there's no, the documentary doesn't try to push you down a certain uh aspect or I guess a, a certain um, line of thought because it really does take this middle of the line approach and it just gives you the facts from each of these different types of paradigms and lets you make a, a decision yourself or allows you to go down that rabbit hole and kind of find out all the amazing things that are within it. Right. Then that's always our goal. Um, you know, personally, you know, based on our experiences, we have our own opinions uh, that have evolved over time, perhaps as to what the why of it all. But uh, that's not our job as filmmakers, really, is to um, present it, present these three paradigms so that people can listen to the to what the people are saying. And then, you know, if, you know, make their mind up then or do a lot more research and then decide later or maybe never decide or like you mentioned earlier is it a combination of it i you know it's funny the what they all agree on the what but they don't agree on the why and it's always about agenda and motive right so but it's 
that isn't that the case with human beings too, right? What is the what is the agenda? Different people have different agendas, right? What what do they want? What are they after? That's the same, I think, with these ETs. And I think there's more than one thing. There's you know more than one program going on, and there's different agendas out there. So I think you know it's by hearing all of it because I think I honestly think that a lot of people don't hear everything. They don't know a lot of this information. So they might read one book or they might hear one person and that's their take on it. That's all they know. So by presenting all of it as or as much as we can, then it it gives them a blueprint to say, "Okay, where do I go from here with this?" Yeah, and that's a that's a really great point because when it comes to the the world of regression, I'm not a, a I'm not a huge believer of it. I'm not a huge um I guess, expert on it at all, but it was so valuable, the insight that was supplied within this documentary, because I I believe regression can be quite easily manipulated if you haven't got the right person doing it, but the the way that uh, Dr. Jacobs comes in and, and says that, and same with Mary Rodwell, is that it is all for, for positive outcomes or for revealing the truth, because I guess when it comes to regression, it is quite easy for an agenda to be placed within a memory. And your your documentary really discards that idea. And it kind of just shows that regression is a safe thing. And, it, and it's, a, it's a very beneficial thing. So for myself, I thought that was really fantastic that you included that type of aspect in this documentary. And one of the reasons why we did that, too, is if you go back to the last film, one of the things that we encourage in the last film is compassion uh, for people who might not understand what is going on to somebody who's had some sort of an abduction or uh, <clears throat> some sort of a, 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 an ET experience. Uh, so if, you, if you've never had one, you can't relate to it. But you can be compassionate if someone has been through something traumatic, and we we were encouraging that. At the same time, we were also encouraging people who have had experiences to reach out, to find their tribe. So if we present in this film different paradigms that resonate with somebody who is an experiencer, we want them to find their tribe. And I think there are people that are in this film that when they they see these storylines that might resonate with them, they're going to go down the research rabbit hole to find out more based on what they experience. We've heard over and over again for the last 10 years after these first two films came out. Thank you so much for making this film. And it happens to this day. Just got two emails last week from somebody, two different people who said, as I was watching uh, Extraordinary the Seating, I felt like I was watching my life unfold. Is this one person said I was getting goosebumps every five minutes because what was happening on screen had happened to me or was happening to me. And that I think is important. If we're doing it in a way that doesn't uh, dramatize it or, uh, you know, make it into something that's a little bit too far fetched or trying to pander to a specific audience, we just want to make something that resonates with people, that encourages them to go a little bit deeper on their own personal journey. And that's been, a, I think, a differentiator for us because we're not trying to just throw a bunch of evidence and uh, fantastical things at people to have them go, wow, that was so cool. We want them to think. And if that means we're appealing to a different audience, that's good. I think that's a good thing. That's actually one of the things I appreciated most about this this new doco is that a lot of the stuff in here isn't seen in anything else, you know, like we're, we're not getting the the same footage or the same stories kind of told that we've seen 
a hundred times before because of that totally different approach that you are taking. You know, the fact that it, I would almost say it's almost like a little bit more community based in the sense that, you know, you, you are creating these, these smaller circles and you're telling stories that normally wouldn't be told in the public. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Right. And, and again, that was, you know, some of the, one of the things that we didn't anticipate at the very beginning was that this would be something that we would actually be helping people as much as we would be just by making these documentaries, just by putting the information out there. So, and I think it was during the second one where this really hit home. Uh, because we were interviewing all these women who had had these experiences and fault and unexplained pregnancies. Uh, and they were, you know, had a child and then the child was gone and then they didn't see them again. And, you know, until they were sometimes never, but sometimes on ships eight years later. So it was very emotional. That was a very emotional film. And, but we got a lot of feedback was, you know, thank you for making it because it makes me realize, you know, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. And people aren't alone. And I think that's the thing that you say community because it is a community. It's definitely, there's an experiencer community. And within that huge community of experiencers who have experienced something paranormal, then you can, you know, then within that, there are the smaller groups that, well, I, you know, I was abducted. Uh, I remember, or I remember a hybridization experiment and I have a hybrid child somewhere. So there's all these different things that go on within the phenomena, but the community is rather large. And I think that when we first started this, we didn't even realize just how large we can't give people numbers. We've been asked before, like how many, how many people do you think have been abducted around the world? Now, that's a really hard thing to answer, but it's definitely more than 50. <laughs> you know, it's definitely more than 5,000. I mean, it's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, uh, based on the numbers and based on the amount of people that come forward and say, Hey, I, something's weird. You know, something happened to me. I'm not because people are in different stages too. So they're, they might be at the stage where they still don't really even know what's happened to them. You know, before they go to someone like Dr. Jacobs or before they go to Mary Rodwell, they just, there are all these repressed memories and all they're feeling is post-traumatic stress. So, you know, getting back to the, to, to the question, it's really, you know, it's, it, it's been a very nice, realization for us that we didn't expect is that we're actually not only informing uh, and educating people and making opening their minds and making them think, but in a many cases, we're actually helping people, which is great. And one, one of the other things that has happened uh, numerous times, too, is triggers. People have reached out to us. We were even at a screening of the, the last film uh, a couple of years ago, and two of the people 
had emotional responses during the film as they were watching it something was triggered and we were even told by some of the people when we were interviewing them not truly understanding it until it happened that as people watch this and they hear what we're saying us the, the, the women who have had these experiences it's going to open doorways for a lot of people to understand that oh my god something like this happened to me too i've repressed it but now i'm starting to make this kind of connection so that going back to the community thing i think that that is a part of what we've done and like jack said it was truly accidental but we've embraced it and i think we understand that making films that don't just that that doesn't just pander but does appeal to a a higher purpose, uh, an understanding of who we are. And, and, and when people embrace something like that and, and it's presented to them in an intelligent way, I think they're more willing to uh, to investigate personally versus watching something and saying, wow, those those clips were fantastic. And then, you know, a couple hours later, they're having dinner with friends and it's gone. This is something that uh, we're seeing is resonating with people because we have constant engagement as a result of uh, those who have watched it reaching out to us. It makes me wonder if you, if you two feel like there's a, a greater sense of purpose to these, to these documentaries. And the, the reason I ask that is that I know doing this podcast, it, it blew my mind the amount of community outreach and internal support for each other when there is a platform like this because it brings people together who don't know about each other. And I think it's it's a really fantastic thing. But when you've got a documentary like yours where you're really displaying information that can be absolutely world-changing for, for people – do you find there's a, a sense of almost unrivaled importance when it comes to the information that you're putting out? Does it does it put a level of pressure on you to be careful about the things that you say then? This is almost, you know, there's an old saying, right? When you're on purpose, the waters part. And that, I think that's what's happened here. I, I don't think any of this has been, it's been very, filmmaking's hard don't get me wrong it's it's difficult to go through the process and raise the money and that's all there and that's something we've had to deal with but as far as the stories and telling of the stories that has been something that there have been so many synchronicities in this that it's ridiculous and i and and i we both talk about it john and i talk about it all the time with our other partners in this and it's like you know it's almost like in a way, we were chosen to do this, and but we're very comfortable in these shoes. Uh, we don't feel pressure at all uh, because we kind of just are doing what we feel is right. We're going with our intuition. We're going with our instincts. And we're also, you know, we're going with our storytelling, what we know about storytelling, because, again, that's, you know, you still have to make a documentary. The story, the story can be there, but the way you tell it is extremely important to the way people react to it. So, um I just think that it's been very it's, it has flowed for us very well and we don't feel that pressure but we do feel we've had someone say something to us after the, the this film uh, at the at the uh, Pasadena International Film Festival and I was embarrassed by this and and John we we talked about it and we kind of giggled a little bit but and this guy is a really he's a, he's a really intelligent guy and and he's been in the UFO community he's done a lot of really good research and he said to us he said after the film he's like you know you guys are like cultural heroes and John and I are like oh I, 
you know, like, I don't know about that. And you know, I was like, come on, man. You know, like, and he's like, no, no, you don't understand what you're doing is so different and so needed that you don't realize it and you may never realize it, but it is having a huge impact. So for us though, we just want to keep doing what we're doing and we want to do it the right way. We want to do it with integrity. We want everyone who's ever in one of our films or is ever associated with one of our films to be like, yeah, those guys are really great to work with. They, 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 they embrace you. They honor your story. And they don't try to, uh, yeah, that's you know, really go, yeah, go Hollywood on you. We, we're not, we aren't Hollywood. We are just two guys that are pretty good at what we do and we're good storytellers and we have a vision. Right, John? I mean, seriously. Yeah, it, it is. We, we, we kind of stumbled into the influencer side of it. We, it all started out with a, wouldn't it be cool to make a documentary? Really, it was as simple as that. And uh, the one that we were talking about, you know, 10, well, 13 years ago now, uh, isn't what we wound up doing because Jack found the story about uh, Stan Romanek and we kind of went down that road, which led us to where we are today. So when if you look for like synchronicities, like Jack mentioned earlier, that was the first one out of the blue. We had we used to dabble in, in paranormal or I used to dabble in paranormal along with Jack, who was dabbling pretty heavily for about a 10 year period. And then he kind of took a break from that and kind of got the the, the UFO uh, ET buzz, bug and wanted to do some exploration in the southwest and document just a road trip throughout the southwest. And boom. So I don't know what lightning bolt came and hit Jack or what that recognition was at that time to go out and do it. But I sure wasn't in that mindset at that time. He was like, hey, would you be interested in being a camera person on this kind of guerrilla road trip that we're going to do throughout the Southwest? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That sounds like fun. Two weeks in a in an RV, you know, going out there and, and, and doing some cool stuff would be a lot of fun. And boom, here we are, you know, 13 years later in a completely different role. But I the point with that, I think, is that when we started, we had no idea. And even at the end of the the, the filming of the second um, documentary, I said to Jack, because I, I used to say to people, I was not that I was embarrassed, but it was kind of like, yeah, I just don't want to be pigeonholed as a as a UFO documentary filmmaker. But at the end of the interviews at the second one, I realized that there was much more to what we were doing. It wasn't about UFOs. It was about people. It was about the human experience, the human interaction, the human awareness and growth and understanding of your place in the cosmos. That's a big field of exploration. And I think uh, what we've I've come to learn to embrace it as as, from a storytelling point of view, but constantly position it in a way of wonder as opposed to saying this is what it is. Has doing documentaries changed your your worldview because the obviously the the subjects of your your documentaries you know they are quite unique and not really not really the normal so in saying that has that changed how you view the world yeah doing these documentaries most certainly has and and i think one of the things we've learned we've learned a lot about the ufo phenomena We've learned about the history of it. We've spoken to people like Richard Dolan, and I can't even count the number of books I've read as a result of the research that we had to do to get ready for these things. But, you know, you learn a lot and you learn about the phenomena. But what we really learned about, I think, bec- and, and what has changed 
my worldview, and I think John could speak to this as well, is you learn about human nature and you learn about the human experience. And that's something that I think people, they don't take into account when they, you know, it's like, well, you know, someone had this and I, they're crazy, right? We're always ready to say someone's crazy because they had an experience that we don't believe could ever happen, or they are feeling a way that we've never felt before. But the UFO phenomena, whether you believe in it or not, is part of the human experience. And people having paranormal experiences, whatever they might be, is part of the human experience. Just like people seeing Bigfoot all over the world. And in every state in the United States, people have seen Bigfoot. Uh, no one no one can answer why that is the case or whether it's what's going on there. But people are experiencing it. So I think it it's it's taught me that People are afraid. They're afraid of things that are of the unknown. So, and we're indoctrinated. We're also indoctrinated. And John, John and I are very aware of not only world history and human history, but also history of the United States and what, how we've been indoctrinated over the course of, you know, our lifetimes, uh, the way we grew up with, with organized religion or whatever, however we grew up or where we grew up, we've been indoctrinated to one extent or another. Now we're free thinkers. So we don't, we didn't let that stop us uh you know and we kind of re- rebelled against that and said no there's more to it than this there's got to be so yeah definitely it changes your worldview but not necessarily to the point where we have all the answers to the mysteries of the universe but we just have a better understanding i think of human beings yeah and i think what what because of what we've gone through and jack had done much more research and in, in connected into this more than i have leading into these uh, films going back 13 years. But what I have learned more than anything in going through this process is that every time you learn something new, it encourages you to learn more. So that's been the big takeaway for me that, you know, I I was aware of it. I I had seen UFOs when I was younger, but I never kind of went through the door and, you know, pulled back the veil to see what might be back there. And as a result of what we've been through, I think I've explored personally more from the perspective of there's so much out there that we don't know. Let's start exploring based on what we do know and see where it takes us. And, you know, in a, in a big picture perspective for me, it would be a multidimensional existence. That could be the solution. That could be the answer that, that, but we, it's hard to, even talk about things like that because it's so far advanced and you got to, as Jack mentioned earlier, you got to lead the horse to the water first. They got to take a sip before they, (laughs) you know, dive in. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. The, the way that it's kind of like the more you learn, the less you actually know. And that's something that I've 100%, absolutely 100%. Yeah. It's something that I've learned (laughs) doing this podcast is that every time I talk to, to someone new who's done, who's had an, an encounter or an experience with something is, and it, it changes my mind usually every time because that's something that you said there was, was so spot on is that all these experience, all these experiences are so human and, because of that, they're always so unique and so personal that you may find similarities between them, but they're never the same. They're always 
the individual's encounter. And I think that's what makes all of these encounters so so special and so connected is that they are so unique. Right. Perception is subjective, right? And uh, and that's why we could never really know what's going on in another person's mind or head or how they're feeling and, and, and what their perception of that is at the level of that emotion. But I think in the end, what we have to do is say, yeah, we all have our differences. We all have different experiences in life, but we are all human. And if we are together and we help each other and we have empathy for each other and we uh, make an attempt to be understanding of each other's experiences and feelings, uh, then I think we're going to be way better off than we are now. <laughs> so, you know, and, and we're talking about some pretty, you know, we're talking, we talk about post-traumatic stress as something that's a real thing in, 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 in this, in, in uh, abduction phenomena. Without question, it's a real thing. And that's intense. You know, we talk about military people coming home and having post-traumatic stress after seeing the horrors of war. Uh, well, these have, these experiences, for whatever reason, are as traumatic that they're causing people to have post-traumatic stress disorder. So, you know, I think, again, it all comes down to, you know, we have to stand together as a as human beings and, and, and be as loving and caring and as sympathetic to each other and open minded. Don't just dismiss everyone else because it's something it's a par- it, it's not in your in your field of vision. You know, that's just so short sighted. Yeah, I think that's that's some really wise words there, Jack. And guys, your documentary, it's absolutely fantastic. It's something that I'm going to watch multiple times over. And it has been killing it at all the indie film festivals. I believe you guys said it's taken out four best documentary awards already. Yeah, we've been accepted into 18 festivals and have earned four best, a couple of gold, some semifinal, quarterfinal. But yeah, the four the four best docs in a variety of different festivals around the world has been it's been embraced. So it's something that we're excited about. And that's really exciting because if you think of the the type of content that's in your documentary isn't for everyone. Uh, it's it's a really good intro point for a lot of people and. I think that's why it's it's potentially doing so well is that it it doesn't insult the viewer it doesn't require the viewer to to be experts on any of this and it's a really well guided experience through the documentary yeah, yeah and we, I think we, for the go, yeah, ahead, go ahead John no I was just going to say real quick and then you can pick up on it I think for the festival judges and and, and what they're looking for too they want it's a quality film it's a it's a it's good storytelling, you know, like, Kate, like you said, you're, you're, you're riveted. There's so much in it and it's so, but it's done in a way that you, you can't stop watching it and you want to learn more and more and more. So for them, you know, they're also looking at the filmmaking aspects of it, which we're really excited and proud of. Um, and, you know, and then also the fact that it's, it's just a very compelling story. Yeah, we're really interested in the whole package. So there's obviously storytelling, but we are very meticulous when it comes to editing and how tight things are and how clear things are. Maybe we don't answer all the questions, but we encourage more uh, outside investigation for the individuals that watch it. We're... uh, Music is such a huge part of the films that we've done. Uh, the last two films have been wall-to-wall sound, all a uh, hundred and uh, total minute. What is it? A hundred and three minutes of the film. Not, is that right? Yeah, hundred and three minutes of the film. 
Let me do that again for you. So all 103 minutes of the film have music from the very beginning to the very end. And Anton Patzner is our uh, musician and has scored the film. And it's absolutely phenomenal, the work that he does. And we've received some really positive feedback about the music and how it complements the entire film and guides you through the film, which is very important to us. So it's the whole package. It's not just the the subject matter. It's making high quality content for people who are interested in the subject matter. Absolutely. It is, it's much more of, of an experience than a documentary is the way that I'll put it because I don't think I've ever paused a documentary more in my life. And just while you were talking there, I had a quick look at my phone because I watched this last night before talking uh, with you guys. And I just had a look and I have 11 tabs open with Google searches from things within your documentary. (laughs) That's great. So I can tell you it's doing its job very, very well. And uh, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I wish... It was a mini series because there is just so much in this documentary. Uh, there's so the the cast is outstanding. You've kind of got a lot of the the big heavy hitters when it comes to the UFO world, and the the like you said, the storytelling is amazing. It just leaves you wanting more. So I want to thank you, John and Jack, for coming on to to share your I guess the the journey of making this documentary because it really is. It's a journey watching it, and I imagine it was a journey making it. And it, it continues for sure. We're, we're just beginning. Before I let you go, people can jump into the show notes. There will be a uh, a genius link in there where people can find links to all the different ways that they can can watch this. But where can people find you online if they want to get in touch with you or, or learn a little bit more about the, uh, the Extraordinary series? Uh, just go to our website, j3films.com, and it will have a, a synopsis of all three films and a contact page on how to reach us. And, and we know that when we we say reach out to us, we open a door, but we do our best to try to respond as, as much as we can and as quickly as we can. Sometimes it may take a, several weeks before us to get back, but we, we do make an effort to, to reach out to people and, and, and engage with them because we think it's important. If, if our films are touching people's lives, then, then that's a good thing. But the film is available on a variety of different platforms. It initially starts out in, as a digital purchase, then will be a, a, a video on demand rental and eventually work its way through streaming platforms. But it's available now on Apple TV, Vimeo, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google Play, and Vudu. I believe those are where they are right now, but it will expand as time goes on to be on a variety of different platforms. But we we just want to thank you for having us on and thank anybody uh, for their interest in what we do. And hopefully we can uh, continue to make things that uh, are engaging, great stories, and people want to see more of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.